Well, good morning. It's uh, wonderful to be with you this morning. And as we start, as we start Lent on Wednesday, and then uh, here on Sunday mornings, uh, really in, in every service we have, we're, we're going through the sermon series. We're going to look at the I Am statements of Jesus. Uh, you know, different things like I am the bread of life and, and all this other stuff that Jesus says when he says, I am, insert blank. And we're going to be looking at those for a really specific reason. I think, it's, I think it's so important as we go into Lent, as we prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls for, for Good Friday and for, for Easter, for Holy Week in general, to, to kind of prepare our hearts and to read these statements for us to remind ourselves of who Jesus is. And today, for the first I am statement we're going to look at, we're going to look at when, when Jesus says uh, several times and also um, in several other places in Scripture, but mostly we're going to be focusing in the Gospel of John, when it says that Jesus says that I am the light of the world. And so where he says that in, in a major way is in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12, he says, Jesus spoke to them again. He said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus himself, right here in John chapter 8, right in the, sort of the, the, the meaty part of this gospel, makes this proclamation to those people that are listening, and it's a, it's a mixed bag. He's got his followers with him, but there's also Pharisees around because they immediately right after have issue with what he said. But he's standing up in front of this group of people, and he makes this incredible statement, this, this packed with so much imagery of saying, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. And so there's this, this imagery going on of this light versus darkness that's already playing out here. But this isn't the first time in John's gospel that we see this. All the way back in the beginning in John chapter 1, John chapter 1, that, that, that beautiful prologue that John gives us, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. And listen to this. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. So even the beginning of this gospel, we see this imagery, this light and darkness imagery that exists all throughout Scripture. We see this. And what we need to understand, especially during Lent, especially as we're approaching Good Friday and Easter, is something about ourselves, something about ourselves and something about the world that, that we live in. Because you see this light versus darkness and Jesus coming to shine light into the darkness, which means one thing and one thing only, that there's darkness. There's darkness. If everything around us, if our world was just full of light and we ourselves had been full of light, then there would be no reason for Jesus to come and shine light into places that already have light. So there's darkness. There's a problem that exists. There's a problem that exists, and you actually see this playing out. You see this playing out in John chapter 3, verses 19. It says, this is the judgment, the light that has come into the world but the people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. So even here in John chapter 3, you see this problem that exists with, with us as God's created being. This issue that has existed all the way back to, to Genesis chapter 3. I, I love like holding up a Bible and, 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 and going to like Genesis chapter 3, which we'll just pretend is right here. 
This is 32, but you get the picture. It's like everything was perfect for this much of the Bible. For the first two chapters of Scripture, everything was perfect. God created this perfect world. Everything they created, he said, was good, and everything was wonderful. They're living in this peaceful bliss in the Garden of Eden, and everything is just great. But then from chapter 3, from chapter 3 all the way through the rest of Scripture, things aren't perfect. So the vast, enormous majority of this text, there is a problem. That problem is sin. That problem is us. That problem is us being the created beings of God that when the Lord told us, hey, this is how I want you to live in order to have a relationship with me, we said no, believing that we ourselves could be the gods of our own life and that we didn't need him to tell us anything. And so from that point, Genesis chapter 3, all the way to this, we have been a people. We have been a people that have lived in a world of darkness as people with the souls full of darkness. And so we have to understand that reality about ourselves. And, and I don't have to like give you a bunch of examples about looking around the world we live in and seeing those dark places. All you have to do is like turn on the news or read a newspaper if you still do that, or just scroll through one social media you know, platform of your choosing, and you'll see these terrible things that are going on in this world. You can see it. You can see it. And even within ourselves, if we're honest with one another, and that's what Lent's about, is, is us you know, taking time to reflect on ourselves and, and, and do sort of a, an, an inward look at who we are. And if we're honest with ourselves, maybe, maybe it's just me, but I, I realize deeply every single day about how imperfect I am, about the sin that still contaminates the words that come out of my mouth and and me as a person, about the things that I, I think, say, and do in this life, the people that, that I have hurt in the past and, and probably will hurt in the future, all the different times in life that, that I feel like I fail as a husband, that, that I fail like as a pastor when, when I'm talking to people or, or maybe when I'm driving on, on the road and I get really mad when someone cuts me off, or if I'm in a drive through line and they tell me, hey, pull forward and we'll bring it out to you which I get is like something small and ridiculous, but for whatever reason, I feel the rage building up. I'm like, guys, I ordered a number one. The number one should be ready, but it's not. And this isn't just, this happens at Chick-fil-A too, which is, I don't know, it's why I think the, the world, Jesus needs to come back because things are just not going well. But I can sense it in myself. I see it. I see my propensity to go towards the darkness. It's like it's my natural place to be. And so I sense deep within my heart and in my soul and looking around the world that there is an issue. That there is an issue. And so when Jesus, when we're proclaiming these things about Christ, about being the light of the world, it's like the greatest hope imaginable. It's the greatest hope imaginable for, for us as Christians during this season and every day of our lives. Because what the Lord is basically telling us is, hey, there's a world full of darkness, and there's, we got God's created beings, people that are supposed to be image bearers of God. They're also living in darkness. But here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. God coming to earth in the form of his, his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be that light, to be that light into these dark places on this earth and into the darkness of our own hearts to set us free from darkness and show us the light. 
There's good news in these texts. It's painful, it's powerful, but there's good news. And, and we see that in that first passage read in John chapter 8. When he says that the light of the world and anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, that's the promise. By following Jesus, we don't ha- it doesn't have to be this way. By following Jesus, we are, are walking in this beautiful, beautiful light. I, I love Lent. I love this season that we're in. I, I love everything about it. I don't know what it says about me as a person or as a pastor that I love Lent and that I really love Good Friday. I love Good Friday. I, I, I wish that Good Friday was the service that we had in church every year that was just packed to the gills. And it's pretty much the darkest thing we do all year as Christians. We strip the altar, there's nothing there, and it's literally nothing but just this painful story about hearing about our sin being nailed to a cross and and the suffering and all that. And for whatever reason, I love it. I love it because it gives me this unbelievable understanding of what God did for us. Now, I, I love Lent for a lot of reasons. And um, one thing this year is generally every year I forget to give up something because, you know, it just, just happens when your pastor, Ash Wednesday, just popped into being on Valentine's Day this year. I had a, a mind in a lot of different areas. But so when Lent comes, we, we, normally, we normally give up something. What's always kind of hilarious and maybe a little bit ironic for me when we talk about Lent is that we generally... We don't give up things that are good for us. I'm guessing. We don't give up things that are good for us. No one ever is saying, you know what, for the next like 40 days, I'm just not going to take care of myself. That's going to be the change. Or the next 40 days, I'm not going to work out. The next 40 days, I'm not going to eat well. Uh, For the next 40 days, I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to stop reading scripture. I'm going to stop doing all of these things that I know are inherently good for me. I'm just going to cut it all out. Generally, we give up things that we know are bad for us. And it's like this opportunity for us to do that. We give up sweets or caffeine or, or whatever else that we know is, is like a hindrance to us. And what's generally ironic about how we approach Lent as Christians is that we'll give up this thing that is inherently terrible or we wouldn't be giving it up. But then when Easter Sunday comes, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, like, thank God Jesus is back. Now we get to go back to doing this terrible thing. And there's such like irony that in Lent, but I, I feel like Scripture beckons us to take a deeper look inside during this season. Because what Lent presents for us is an opportunity. An opportunity to, to look in the deepest recesses of our hearts and of our souls and of our minds. And to maybe allow the Holy Spirit to, to open up those doors of our heart that we've wanted to keep closed. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's, it's some sort of sin that, that was committed forever ago, but for whatever reason, you just like held it in and you don't want to let it out. But, or maybe you know, there's a, a broken relationship somewhere in your world that you just kind of like repressed and you know you probably need to do something about it, but you, you don't feel comfortable doing that. And so for me, the last like several years, that's sort of what I've made Lent. I've made it this just this 40 days of allowing the Holy Spirit just rip through my soul and and, and help things appear to me that I know I need to work on. And I got to tell you, it is brutal every single year because of how imperfect I am. 
But there's such good news in this season. There's such good news in these texts. There's such good news in these texts that even though like our hearts and our minds and our souls and our world can be full with darkness, there is a God who desires, who desires to be the light of the world into our lives, even though we don't deserve that at all. I always say that I would be a terrible God. It's probably good that I'm not. Now, some people would be really happy if I was a God. But a lot of people wouldn't because I don't, my like mercy level is, is nowhere near the Lord's. Because if I, if I look at this and I look at the fact that we as the created beings of God have continually rejected the Lord over and over and over and over again, me just generally how I operate, I might give up on us. I might give up on us and say, hey, you know what, they kind of, we're going to get what they deserve. I might give up on us. But thanks be to God that we serve a Lord that doesn't. I, I ponder and think about Luke chapter 15 borderline every day of my life. When I'm driving to work or, or anything like that, I think about it over and over and over again because it's that passage in particular that shows me maybe more than any other in all of Scripture about the glory and the greatness of God, about my sinful nature, and about how the Lord overcomes that. Thinking that there were 99 sheep that were doing the exact right thing. They were hanging out. They were around the shepherd. And that, that one just kind of wandered off. Wandered off to do its own thing. And that the shepherd leaves literally all of those sheep that are doing the right thing just to specifically go after that one. And the reality of that text, if we're honest with one another, is that we are a room full of those sheep that have strayed far, far away. But the good news of the gospel, the good news of these texts is the good shepherd never stops pursuing our hearts, never stops desiring to portray that light into our lives and to bring us back from the darkness. But there's a challenge to this too. Like that's good news, but then there's a challenge. And this is, to me, the hardest part about this, this whole sort of light and darkness thing. And we're going to put this one on the screen because I want, you to, I want you to read this in John chapter 12. I want you to read this. I want you to hear these words because this is important. This is important because it's one thing for us to be Christians who accept this free gift of grace for, for ourselves that Jesus gives us, and that's wonderful. But there's a challenge for us, an opportunity for us. Because what Jesus says to his disciples as ministry is winding down, he's about to, to go and, and, and take on the cross and all those other things that are, that are going to happen. He says this to his disciples. It says, and Jesus answered him, the light will only be with you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. And so this, this is a beautiful message he's giving his disciples. Hey, listen, while I'm here, learn everything you can. Learn everything you can. Put them deep inside of your hearts for one purpose and one purpose only. Yes, it, it, to prevent you from, from going into the darkness, that's great. But more than anything else, so that you may be children of the light. And what he means by that is so that you may be the people that when I'm gone and the Holy Spirit descends upon your hearts, 
that you will be the ones that shine that same light that I'm shining into your life into a world that needs it the most. It's the challenge for us as Christians. And it completely changes the way that we have to think about like who we are and how we act in this world. It's scary for me. It's scary for me to... to th- it's scary and beautiful at the same time. And what a challenge for, for, for us as people that we've been given this, this incredible gift of grace and mercy, but that the calling on our lives is to reflect that same grace and mercy out into a world that needs it even those places of the world that we might in our own sinful hearts wish that God's light wasn't being shined, but we are called to do it nonetheless. We are called to forgive other people that we might find unforgivable. We are called to show God's mercy, love, and grace to people that we may consider our enemies. Because the reality of this season that we're in, the reality of Good Friday, the reality of Holy Week in general, the reality of Easter Sunday is that what we are celebrating is God choosing out of his own grace and mercy to forgive the most unforgivable things in our hearts and in our souls. And therefore, we are called to do the same for others. And that is how we are children of the light and show them what it looks like to know Jesus. What an opportunity for us as Christians during this season leading up to Easter leading up to to those those few days where we tell the greatest story ever told. We tell the story of hope. My favorite thing about about John chapter 1 is that last part of it. It says that the light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness did not overcome it. We as Christians celebrate a reality that the light has won. The light has won. And the darkness cannot defeat it. There's beauty and there's a challenge. And so my prayer for us, my prayer for us during this season of Lent, and and look, to be clear, just because like I forget every year, giving up and abstaining from something is is wonderful. Just don't don't hear me saying that that that's bad. Now, Now listen, I would say that if you're giving up something terrible, Maybe keep giving that up. I, I don't know. And maybe replace it with something that's, that's good. Because one of the things I think that, that, that we always focus on, the things that we're giving up, but we don't talk about what we might be able to add. Adding like just 10, 15 minutes with the Lord. Adding like one, uh, one night a week where your whole family gets together and just has a meal without cell phones, without social media, without anything. Maybe adding some spiritual discipline in your life during this 40 days to build that habit. And it can have such an unbelievable impact on your life. But what my challenge for you today is during these 40 days that we're, we're celebrating Lent, that you would focus more than anything else in, in everything that you do, whether it's in your schools, your homes, your workplace, just out in the community, in the Chick-fil-A drive through when they send you forward, that's one for me personally, that you would focus, you would focus on being reminded that out of the abundance of grace and mercy that Jesus has shined his light into the darkness of our souls, that we are called to shine that light into others. And oh, Lord, give us the strength to do that because that, more than any sermon, more than any sermon that any of us pastors will ever preach in our lives, the people of God showing the Lord's mercy out into this world will have such a greater impact than anything that we could ever say in this place. The ministry of the Lord starts with you. And what an incredible opportunity that we have this Lent season to show people the good news to tell them the greatest story ever told, the story that's been spoken into our hearts and in our lives every single day of our lives. Let's pray.